Good morning, church. How good it is to be alive. How good it is to live life in the grace of God. Just to see a baby dedication and offering that child to the Lord and saying, God, protect him and keep him. Knowing all that life throws at you, knowing all that happens in the lives of parents and children and people, and we can have a confidence and a hope that God is going to bring us all through, including Hannah and Thomas. <laughs> Did you notice when Thomas was anointed with all oil, he just... And we, we also need to pray for oldest siblings. Uh, Molly is certainly a little mom to her brother and sister. What a joy just, just to see that. And, and then at the same time, recognize all that goes along with parenting. When, when I look at um, some of the young people that are are even pregnant at this moment and, and anticipating new life uh, just coming to the earth and, and they even have uh, gender reveals and, and, you know, one of the things that we're defined by is, well, is it a boy or is it a girl? But just the design that God has put into place, that he would bring souls into the world by a physical joining together of a man and a woman, and it would produce a child. Wow. A, a soul that will be here for eternity. And, and that God would call people to nurture and to steward a child. How amazing. How amazing. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers here. We celebrate you this day. Uh, my, my own um, a mother is here today with us. And um, when I was, I was driving the other day to pick her up at, at the airport and did not make proper arrangements because she booked a flight at JFK, and I'm like, could it be any further? But I was happy to go and pick her up. But, but as I was driving there and just thinking about how I had to, to get back in time um, for Bible study and, and, and what it means uh, to have women in your life. And, and I just started to, to ponder who um, my mother is. Um, and every birthday, I'm the oldest of eight, my mother would say, it was just me and you, kid. <laughs> and I think about like who my grandmother was and both of my grandmothers, who my mother-in-law was, who, who even now my, my wife and my, my daughter are to me. 
how close I am to my daughter, how different a woman is than a man. I have two sons, they're grown, and my daughter and I have communicated more words to one another than both of my sons put together, and they're 20-something years old. It's just so different. And how she's daddy's little girl until she feels like I got to jump on the woman's side of the equation and chooses to go against me with her mother. And then I have to remind her, remember who's the softer one in the family. When you need something, the next time, or you want to go someplace, go to team mom then. <laughs> What, what, what a beautiful thing to have women in our lives. Even uh, I have sisters, and one of my sisters will be here later on today. And, and just to think about the gift of women, even um, in our church, if anyone recognizes the way um, I will address you. It's always mom, brother, sister, and to even have church moms. And the Bible calls us to call the older women in the church and to, to treat them as mothers and the younger women to treat them as sisters. That's what the scriptures tell us in 1 Timothy chapter 5. What, what a beautiful thing. It, just, just to think about women and, and how James Brown says, this is a man's world. <laughs> but it would be nothing. <laughs> right? Are y'all supposed to know that song? <laughs> like, what you doing knowing that song, Pastor? <laughs> you know, um... It's not easy to parent, right? So I'm sure Thomas is cool, calm, and collective, but you don't know when a person is going to respond a certain way, and his dad, um, Big Thomas, is holding them, putting them down, picking them up. That's, that's a part of it, right? But God um, even uses all of those tensions specifically for mothers to, to, trans, to transform. He, he uses all that we go through in life to transform. And he sees. He, he sees all the things that others don't see. Um, so often, uh, particularly when it comes to mothers and to women, they, they do things and it goes unseen, unheard, um, unthought of, not mentioned. I, I know for myself, my wife takes extremely good care of me. She's extremely catering. I, I notice it the most when I'm sick and she just goes a little extra and I just think about how often I just take those kind of things for granted. Um, I think about all of that my mother was to her eight children. She brought a picture the other day 
And uh, she said, I found this picture in the drawer. And, and you know, pictures uh, back in the day, well, you may not know, depending on how old you are, it had like a date on the side. Uh, and and, it, and it, I think the picture said May 1968, which means that it, it, said, it said maybe September 1968, and it, which means I was about to be one. And, um, and there was a bassinet there in, in the picture so that was my sister who was just born, and my parents have eight kids. And um, the look on my face while my mother is looking in the bassinet almost was like I could tell this is just the beginning. <laughs> it, wasn't a, it wasn't a smile on my face, and... But, but, it's, but it's, all, it's all good. Um, what a difference it makes when we are able to just kind of take a drive and, okay, let me go pick up mom and just think about, like, your station in life, what you're doing, and all that life has challenged you with all the joys of life, all the bitterness of life. And, and time on one hand seems as if it moves super fast. And then in another way, time seems to move slow. We're going to look at Genesis chapter 3 this morning. And I'll be reading out of the ESV. And this morning's message is called Eve, the First Mother. And we're going to read Genesis chapter 3, starting at verse 15, and we'll end at verse 21. So would you please stand for the reading of God's Word? Genesis 3, starting at verse 15, says, I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. To the woman, he said, I will surely multiply your pain and childbearing. In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be contrary to your husband, but he shall rule over you. And to Adam he said, because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree of which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread, till you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken. For you are dust, and to dust you shall return. The man called his wife's name Eve, because she was the mother of all living. And the Lord God made for Adam and his wife garments of skin and clothed them. Thank you, Father, for your word. Because in this very word, it encapsulates so many things. The difference between a man and a woman. The relationship between a man and a woman, the relationship that you have with humankind, the enemy and what he is constantly trying to do and separating 
us from you. But it also reveals the promise that right from the beginning, you declared, this is not over. There will be victory in the provision that you provided for your children. We celebrate that this day, Lord, and we thank you for that, Lord. And as we look at this piece of scripture, we could see it so often in our own lives, Lord. So would you give us ears to hear, eyes to see, Lord, a heart to perceive your truth, that we would walk out of here different than we walked in, knowing you a little bit better, which would have us fall deeper in love with you because you and you alone are altogether lovely. Commit ourselves to you in this time, in worship, listening to your word, Lord, and desiring to be fed. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Imagine um, if right now we could have Eve come and sit here in a chair and, and we interview her. What an interesting person uh, that would be for us to interview. And, and, and right off the bat, when you hear the name Eve, some people's attitude just is like, thanks. I heard this joke about Adam walking along the Euphrates River with um, one of his sons, and the son asked, Dad, what's that place over there? And the father said, that's where we used to live before your mother ate us out of house and home. <laughs> that probably is not a good Mother's Day joke, but. <laughs> the thing is, we're, we're all Adam. We're, we're all Eve. So, 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 so we have this thought um, that if, if you were standing there in that very place, that you would have done something different, but, um, but that's not true. And, and the reason we know that's not true, because the Word of God tells us that His divine power has granted us all things that pertain to life and godliness. And yet still... We go astray. So, so what this means is for the believer, every single thing you need, you have, and we still act up. So we're no different than Eve, uh, and we have the Holy Spirit because we're speaking about believers that act up. So when we think about Eve, the mother of humanity, and we think about all her ups and downs. We think about her struggles and her temptations. We think about the residue from her past. We think about uh, when the consequences come and the pain sets in. We think about her being the mother of a murderer and her being the mother of a slain son. What it must be like to lose a, a child. 
what it feels like to have a wayward child. Like life is real. And, and these things were not only um, surrounding her life, but male or female here, we are well acquainted with a lot of these pains. The circumstances may be different, but, but we understand. But then we see the hand of God, and we see God give her another son, Seth which his name means appointed or placed. And many sons and daughters that would come after that. Wow, the ups and downs and the challenges of life and parenting and motherhood. Hmm. The word here says, I will put enmity, meaning to be actively opposed, to put hostility between one person and another, between you, meaning the devil, because that's who God was speaking to here, and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his head. Heal. What is happening here is, is the idea that there will be an active conflict taking place between the children of God and the children of the devil, the, those of the world. And, and we know that to be true. That is why when we prayed here for that child, we prayed for a hedge of protection that God gives to his people. Thank you, Lord. But we, what we also see here is from the start, the Lord gives his promise of salvation. And this great salvation would come from the offspring of the woman. So, so we see enmity here. We see conflict here. But in the end, we see there will be victory. That, that, is, that is God's picture in a snapshot in this scene in world history and in the believer's personal life. See the wondrous mercies of God and him proclaiming from the first day of sin, from day one, and putting the purpose of salvation in place, letting those that have messed up know, hey, it's not over for you, and matter of fact, I'm going to use you. I'm going to bring salvation through the woman. Wow. Wow. So it's not only to recognize that, but for us to also recognize that the devil is defeated. From the beginning, the devil was put in his place and told, okay, this is what you did, and this is going to be the response. But that didn't happen like, oh, wow, that's what the devil did? No, from the foundation of the world, the Lamb of God was slain.
And we see when we come to Luke chapter 1, this promise coming to pass all the generations later. It says, the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for I, for you have found favor with God. What it is to have favor with God. And notice when people have favor with God, it's always God using them. It's not favor for favor's sake that it's like, oh, yeah, thank you for the blessings, Lord. No, no, the favor with God is being used as an instrument for God. Because this favor that she had with the Lord would still bring about even much pain in her own life. But everything that she needed was going to be provided for, even God coming to this earth through her, she needed for her own salvation. But God used a woman and said, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom there will be no end. Wow. But before that took place, in verse 16, chapter 3 of Genesis, it says, to the woman he says, he said, I will surely multiply your pain in childbearing. In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be contrary to your husband, but he shall rule over you. In every household, in every household, there is both strife and pain, but it is mixed with joy. And the conception and the rearing of a child and the sorrows and the pain that God had declared was going to take place from that point on, it still has a way of knitting together a child and his mother in a special way. To bring a child into this world is a blessing. And one of the things that, if you are a parent that you recognize, specifically a woman, that when that child comes from the womb and is laid on your chest, how everything in terms of Losing of self and desiring to give appears. It, it is one of the closest examples that we can see of how God loves his people. That he would give and love in that way. How special that is. 
the great thought of Christianity is that only through sacrifice of self can life be given to others or life be realized by the giver. Motherhood permits women to live her life in aid to another. Wow. Along with hardships and struggles, what a joy to be used as an instrument of God to bring forth life and then to nurture life and to even experience the highs and lows alongside of a child as that child grows. And God uses these interactions not only for that child, but to mature the parent and to teach even the parent his ways. The text went on to say, and to Adam, because you've listened to the voice of your wife and has eaten from the tree of which I've commanded you, you shall not eat. Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground. And we have to remember, for out of it you were taken, for you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Only thing that made Adam, Adam, was the God-breathing life into dust that he had formed into a man. Although God has saved his children from the sentence of a final death, which is separation from him in eternity, he has not freed them from the afflictions of this life. So, so here we see God's promise that's going to be instituted, but also the struggle that was going to ensue. And, and as that is for Adam, that is for all of Adam's offspring. That be you and me. Although these afflictions are there, God's children have a mix of both bitterness and sweetness in life. But he, they always have God's mercy. If, if we think about what God did in that event, he said, if you sin, you die. Don't eat from this tree. And they surely did die. But he provided away for them. And, and their death wasn't for some long, long time after. But ultimately, because of God's provision, they didn't have to face the final death, which is separation from God for eternity. And then the, the text says that the man called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all the living. Actually, um, Eve means life. It means living. The account of her creation is given in Genesis chapter 2. 
the creator declared by that was, it was not good for man to be alone. Imagine man was with God. Man was in the most pristine, perfect environment. Life was all around man, but man was still considered alone without a woman. Matthew Henry says this companion was taken from his side to signify that he was to be dear unto him. She was to be dear unto him as his own flesh. He went on to say, not from his head, lest she should rule over him, and nor from his feet, lest he should tyrannize over her, but from his side to denote the equality in which marriage should exist. Adam named his wife Eve, which means life. And this was after God had pronounced that there would be death. But he also pronounced from her seed there would be life. The man here heard the pronouncement, the serpent. He heard the pronouncement of the woman and, and recognizing that um, the seed of the woman shall bruise the head of the serpent. For here is the woman who is to bear, bear the seed. And this seed would bruise the serpent's head. That is, in some way, to undo what had been done for the death of man and so to reinvest him with life. Think about that. The life was therefore to come by the woman. These children are the seed, among whom it is to be the bruiser of the serpent's head and the author of life. And in a humbler way, it is that uh, this woman would be the mother of humanity for all who were going to leave to live. Though the woman, in some way, uh, she was going to be used to bring about salvation through her. How amazing. And you know, today, we fight for sameness. Everything you could do, I could do. No, you can't. Nor are you supposed to. And the minute we start moving away from God's design, it's a problem. When I come across marriages where the wife is dominating the husband, she may have believed that that is the place that she wanted to have. And that's what that scripture was talking about. No, you will try to come against your husband, but he will rule over you. That, that's the struggle. Anytime you see that out of, out of balance, when the wife is in charge sometimes, you never see real joy. There is a rightful place. Jesus 
submitted to the Father. He is 100% God. Having a different position and a different place does not make you less than. And the minute you start to think, I'm going to fight to be the same, you're destroying what God has laid as the structure for joy, for peace, for things to go in the way that he designed them to go. We, we need to resist that temptation. And what happens is we qualify that because of the way things were used in a sinful manner to say, I'm not standing for this anymore. But, but that does not put things in its proper place. The first thing it should do for the woman, and this is what I say to my daughter all the time, when you pick a man, you're going to be putting your life into his hands as the head. Pick wisely. The, the problem is all, a lot of times we haven't picked wisely, and then we use that to justify what we're doing, which is out of step with what God says. It's a problem. That wasn't in my notes. That was just for free. <laughs> Adam called his wife's name Eve. When she first came about, he called a woman because she was taken from him. But now after all of this took place, he calls her Eve, recognizing that God would use her to bring forth life. That's the important part. Verse 21, and the Lord God made for Adam and his wife garments of skin and clothed them. The whole mystery of justification is wrapped up in the detail of this story. We have the fact as in a parable form, that man is utterly ill-equipped to bring to pass any satisfying righteousness of his own. That, that, that's what this is showing. He can see his shame. That's why he wrapped himself with fig leaves. That's why he hid. But he cannot effectually cover or conceal it. The garments of our own righteousness are fig leaves, and we shall prove them as such. Let God call you, and you stand before him with your fig leaf and self-righteousness and think that you aren't going to quiver naked and ashamed before him, you will. We learn here that man cannot clothe himself. Where do we go then? It is God who undertakes the clothing of him. God says in his word, I am the Lord that heals you. 
In another place, he says, I am the Lord that clothes you. He is the one who puts forth a way that they aren't banished forever. Note in this scripture that the clothes which God found for Adam could only have been obtained at the cost of life from the innocent, the unguilty, one who had no share or part in the sin which had made the, and provided for Adam and Eve's need. Here we see the first time where God is providing for the guilty with the innocent. It's a type, it's a shadow of Calvary. Could come up, worship team. There's no robe of our own righteousness which we can cover us and conceal our shame. That righteousness which we have, not in ourselves, we must be content and thankful to receive it from the hands of God. And it's not only by Christ's life, it was because of Christ's death that these spiritual garments were provided for us. Eve's story, her legacy reminds us that mothers have the power to shape generations, to leave behind legacy of love and compassion and wisdom. And although we celebrate mothers this day, there are some when they approach these days and it's, it's hurtful. Maybe you've lost your mother. Maybe you feel as if you haven't been a good mother. Maybe you're estranged from your children. Maybe you've desired to have children and, and never have had children. Maybe you're a dad and you've lost your wife and you're doing the best you can to provide for your child in the absence of a mother. In the same way that we saw in this story with Eve, really high highs and really low lows, God worked it out. And God is working it out. And we can take joy. So, so life is mixed with bitter and sweet. But God's grace and mercy is always there. So even if this day brings you maybe a little bit of heartache, celebrate with those that celebrate. Recognize that there are many ways to be a mother. There's church mothers here. 
I'd never call Mama Brenda, Brenda. And my mama's sitting right here. I call her Mama Brenda because she's a church mother. Church mother doesn't mean that she's up there in years. Church mother is positional. It's who she is to those around her. You, you have a family. You are a brother, a sister, a church mom, an elder as a man to speak to the younger men. We have a family that sometimes will be there closer than our biological families. You have unsaved people in your family. You, you won't be able to talk to them the same way as your brothers and sisters in Christ. So God is working all things out. We know this text all well, that for those who love God, all things work for good for those that are called according to his purpose. All things, those things that hurt, those things we're in the midst of, those things we seem that can't, we can't get out of our mind that are back there, the concerns about what's going on tomorrow, God is working all things out for the good of those that love him. We can celebrate in the midst of what is going on in our life. I wonder how Adam and Eve walked away after that interaction with God, knowing he just pronounced judgment on the serpent. He just told us, y'all got some consequences to pay. It's going to be a hard road ahead of you. But let me provide for you. Let me let you know that I'm here, that, that I'm going to take care of your needs that you can't take care of. So, so in one sense, it's just like, what is this all going to mean? But in a, another sense, it's like, I'm still safe in his arms. I, I messed up. Each and every one of us has those same promises today. And, and, and what God said he was going to bring to pass that they were waiting for has already come to pass, and his people are filled with the Holy Ghost. And you have everything you need to live the abundant life, the godly life. You have all the, all the sorry, provision that you need. So let's leave this place celebrating the goodness of God, the gift that he has given the world and women and mothers. Let's not forget, whether it's your sister in Christ or your biological sister, whether it's your church mom or your mom, whether it is your daughter or your wife, to let them know this day the gift that they are because it's one of the beautiful things that God has given to this world. Would you stand so I can pray for you? Oh, Father God, we so thank you for this time. I thank you that you've made men and women different, Lord. 
I thank you, Lord, how we see the mother of humanity, that you place the seed of promise in her, Lord, that all of those generations later that Mary would be this virgin girl, that the king of glory would come into his creation to pay our price that we would not need to have on a garment of an animal, but our spiritual garment would be the blood of Jesus that covers us. You provide, God. In the midst of the storm, you provide, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, for every grace that you give us at every single place that we tread our feet. Every temptation, every trial, every hard situation, you provide, God. We want to leave this place celebrating life, thinking of your goodness and your provision knowing that your mercies are renewed daily. And whether this day is bitter or sweet, for us, that we know that it is filled with love and grace and mercy from the one who always provides. And that we can have the confidence that whatever this day is, this is not the end. That, that you're doing a good work in your people. And you finish what you start. So the good work that you started in each and every one of us, we can have confidence that you're going to bring it to completion in the day of Christ Jesus. And for that, we give you praise. Amen and amen. God bless you, family. <laughs>